0: Let's get chilly.
1: Hello and welcome to Let's Chill, the official, unofficial Minnesota Professional Ultimate Frisbee podcast. Today I am joined by Jay. Jeff is unfortunately out for another week here. So the recap is just going to be us two. And what a recap is going to be this weekend. Some highs, some lows, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, let's start with the Minnesota strike. Jay, I just want to get your feelings off bat right here. How do you feel about the Minnesota strikes final game, not the season, the final game?
0: Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't their cleanest game. And I think all the strike players know that. Um, but also, um, they were playing at a neutral, neutral field. They weren't playing at home. Um, which was a huge reason why, like they beat the gridlock. I feel like you know that that fan support. Um, not a, not the not a huge reason necessarily, um, but yeah, they weren't playing at home. They had this neutral field, but then also they just, it kind of looked like they they were out there and they were trying to play New York's game and they weren't trying to play the strike's game.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think watching the game, it it looked like. I don't want to say messy because it, because it wasn't messy. It wasn't like they were turning over the disc every other throw. It wasn't bad ultimate. I just think like, yeah, he said, like it wasn't the strike at their best as we've seen them the rest of the season. And I think as far as a way to end the season, that was a pretty rough way, but that's what i want to ask you. How you feel about that one game and then overall in the terms of like the season and then more so like, the organization, the team as a whole, what does this season mean to you? How do you feel about this year? What does it tell you about the team?
0: For me, I I, I wouldn't do this year having watched very little of the strike, knowing very little about the strike. Um, but watching all of their games, most of their games, I guess we didn't get to watch the one against uh, the Monarchs, but watching most of their games we just got to see like this, this incredible group of players just completely outperform the vast majority of their opponents and just like watching every player get better throughout the season, watching the strike, you know, coordinate and like figure out how they're going to win each game. Um, even like coming back from like being down, even, you know, coming back from being up and giving away the lead and then, you know, coming back and winning. It was just super impressive to watch. Um, right. I-, I think a large part of that, other than the players being, you know, stellar is the coaches. Um I know all the strike players we've talked to have mentioned how like their head coach, I believe it's Carlos, his name. um, Their head coach is fantastic. I mean, they, they all love him. Um, They think he's fantastic. He does a great job of scouting. Um, As Robin was telling us before the game, Robin Van was telling us before the game uh, Saturday's game. She said that their coach just does a great job like scouting, planning matchups and preparing a clear game plan. Those are her words. Um, mm-hmm. so I think like that coaching staff and having that for the strike is just going to lead them I mean, back to championship weekend next year, hopefully, and hopefully to that championship game and hopefully though,
1: Right. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that's one thing that we, I don't want to say overlooked throughout the season. I think it was very easy for us to be like, Hey, look at this team. Look at all these incredible players, because that's what it was for the whole season. That was what you could, you could go back and watch the game and see all these, you know, crazy stats every single time. But I think, yeah, we do got to give a huge shout out to the strike coach staff because keep in mind for all the listeners that are also because we're, we're putting to the strike like jay said you know we've been trying to cover them a lot this year we're super looking forward to covering them more next year but admittedly we are still new to covering the minnesota strike that's all because the strike are a new team like and for being such a new team i mean six and oh on the regular season hats off to the coaching staff for bringing them that far for for getting them to that point where they can do that for trusting the players to get out there and hustle. And one thing that one of the announcers said yesterday is that uh, the Minnesota O-line, once they were broken and then scored on within like 10 seconds, it was a really quick turn in score. The coach just put them back out there and said, I trust you guys, like go get this next point. And they did. And I think that speaks a lot to this team's attitude as a whole. It's, it was a team of trust. It was a team of, competitively working together, it wasn't, you know, one player or one coach trying to get a win. It was every single player playing competitively as a team. And I think despite the rough end to the season, that was one of the best seasons of Frisbee we're ever going to see. It was incredible to watch. So,
0: Yeah. And I mean, there are how many teams in the PUL? And I don't know off the top of my head. uh, I want to say it's like 12. I might be wrong on that. Yeah. Um, but there are 12 teams in PUL, only one of them is gonna walk away to champion. You know, there there's one winner, 11 losers. Um, so it's it's hard to you know get to that to get to that final four in general, which was you know amazing thing the strike accomplished. Um but Kane, what do you what do you think led to the DC, sorry, not DC, New York beating the strike this time when they've lost to us at home?
1: I just because when we lost him at home, correct me if I'm wrong, but we also started in a point deficit there, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I think I think that was the same team that we like went like on an 0-4 run. They they had like a 4-0 run against us, and then we ended up winning by two or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Even if I'm not wrong, I think what happened was after they had gotten a little bit of a lead, I think we just got in our heads. I think it was a oh shoot, this is it kind of moment because it is. I mean, it's a semifinal game, like. You know, if you lose a game in a regular season, it's a little bit less pressure. But the pressure's on in the in the postseason. And I think, I'm not trying to, like, to validate anyone's experience. But, again, the strike is a young team, they don't have a ton of playoff experience. And I think, like, they battled yesterday. I don't think they gave New York that win. I think New York earned that win. I made that very clear as well. I think the strike fought for that. And they made New York fight for it too. So I don't. I don't think we gave them the win. I just think we got a little bit under the pressure and let that deter us. But not a bad loss, in my opinion.
0: No. Yeah. No. Not at all. I think New York came out with a with a great plan. You know, they played those those good junk zones. Um, and even though the strike were preparing for those things, New York just. New York knew what the strike was going to do. They knew how to set up against it. Um, and they, they had quite a few astounding, play, astounding plays. Just uh, watching that game, was it, it was a different New York. And it was kind of a different New York. I mean, there were more players or different players that were there that weren't in Minnesota when they played. So it wasn't like they were playing a one-to-one same teams.
1: Right. Yeah, it's, it's a good game. I am very excited for next season as well. I think... Uh, yeah, so I'm, coaching staff, Pat Niles, Carlos Lopez. I think, assuming they both stay on the coaching staff for next season and assuming we retain most of the players, I, now having that bitter taste of like we got to semifinals on such a good season and then we lost it, like we dropped it, I can I can expect this strike team to be good consistently now. I think we can expect that. So I'm not deterred. I'm, again, I'm sad that the season ended like that. Like, obviously, I would have loved to see them get the championship game, but I will take a loss in the semifinals over an 0 2 or sorry, 0 6 record on the season. I'll, I'll take a 6 0 record regular season and a loss in the semis. That's a good team. I'll take that. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think forward. one more
1: thing before I let you speak, because I'm just going to talk now. Screw you. Um, I think. The strike this year are a really good example of what good Frisbee is. And I don't just mean that skill-wise, although we saw that. I mean, we like very much saw consistent, good playmaking. But more than that, it was exactly what ultimate should be, I think. The energy was on the field, the competitiveness, the spirit of the game, the team-oriented, like the, the team mindset that every single player went into and that's like every player was humble and selfless with the disc and with how they gave credit to each other i think like the, the, the 2023 strike team is a prime example of what you want a frisbee team to be and i think that was something really cool i think that should be an example for other teams to model themselves off of just the spirit and the the energy they brought to every game In- incredible i yeah it made it made yeah. being a fan way easier yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to hopefully another great strike season next year. I'm looking forward to our continued coverage of the strike um, oh, yeah. next year and even through the offseason. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about that with The amazing strike season that we haven't no, said through the comments? That's, that's
1: what you just said. Yeah, that's we we are going to continue to cover the strike. So for all, all listeners out there, there will be articles, there will be interviews, there will be plenty of content coming covering the strike. Uh, we're very excited. We love the feedback so far. We love all the engagement. Um, ka-chow. that's all I gotta say. Ka-chow. chow come freaking chow! You know what? Screw that. I was kind of sad yesterday after they lost, but nah. If that, they're a good team. Go
0: strike. Go strike.
1: I look. I forgot I had the hat right there.
0: Um. All right. So what about that windshield? Let's hit? talk about the windshield. Yeah. Let's let's get let's get a little bit hype in here. Let's get happy again. That was a great game. That was a good game. Yeah. I mean, do you want to go like quarter by quarter? Like we can. I think that I might did, be the best I way to do I did get it. to
1: sit down and watch the whole thing, which was nice. I was worried that I would have to miss the strike game or the window game, but I got to watch
0: both, which is great.
1: Um, okay. Well,
0: let's, I mean, let's, yeah. First, first quarter. Let's, let's talk about it. I I don't know how many times they scored on a break in the first quarter but it felt like it was every every point. i mean, Dylan de walked away with what
1: six goals last game?
0: Um, i think I, he yeah, i, I, think, so. I or, think so. like i think he had three or four in the first half. like yeah Dylan, him. yeah, Dylan de clark had five. sorry, six six goals. i think he had five six, in the first six. half.
1: five in the first half. okay.
0: Uh, i think he like, like yeah.
1: He got that started. He he got the team started, and I don't think you can deny that. I mean, because how many points did we score in the first two halves? What fifteen or oh, whatever?
0: 12. We scored twelve. 12.
1: He scored. Half. He scored like half the points in the first half, essentially. Like yeah, that's crazy. That's that's
0: crazy. the clerk had a fantastic game yesterday.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could probably say that about most players on the team yesterday. That was a good game all around.
0: Yeah, you know, it was go ahead. I, I was watching that first quarter and it ended, you know, I was I watched the first quarter and it ended five six. And I was like, oh man, this is a lot closer than I was hoping. You know, that that breeze Stevens field, you know, that that fan atmosphere is really getting to you. Um, this was we didn't do stall sevens, but this was gonna be my stall seven question for you. Um do you know the scores in the second quarter? How many times both teams scored in the second quarter? No. Minnesota scored seven, and Madison scored twice.
1: In the second half? In the, the second, second
0: quarter? quarter. In the second quarter, Minnesota just took the, I mean, like, convincingly took the lead. And then we have that yeah. that same third quarter situation that happened quarter, at home man. last week. Oh, man. I, when I tell I'll you me, I was anxious. They gotta stop doing that to us, bro. That's the Callahan. Oh, man.
1: I'm not lying, because I was watching it after like after it was done cuz i got off of work um so i i knew the outcome of the game i knew we were going to win going into watching it but i was still just like are you kidding me right now like i was like cringing my heart dropped but we managed to get away with it so
0: yeah you yeah, know it was it was an exciting an exciting game all the way through i mean the icebergs did fantastic
1: the icebergs man i'm telling you that Brett Bergmeyer Dylan De connection, I like that. I like that a lot. That was saucy. That they that was what I think three or four of De goals were assists from Bergmeyer. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So yeah. Hey Adam Ruffner, thanks for the shout out. Icebergs. He I don't know if you saw it. He shouted out Windchill Talk
0: he on did. national
1: television. Maybe. <laughs> that, was yeah, that was pretty. Cool. That, was pretty, so that cool. was pretty cool.
0: That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um.
1: um Go for it. Go for it. We keep like, we keep setting up our sentences at the same time.
0: We both keep going, um, or okay at the exact same time. It's pretty awful. I I want to talk about, I want to talk about um, the Minnesota's like team and how they are right now. Because yesterday, I think that was as close to a complete healthy roster that we're going to have, you know? I mean, like, Abe Coffin wasn't on there and Quinn Snyder wasn't there, but other than those two, we, we pretty much had, I mean, other than two of our best players on the team, not, you know, yeah, QB number two with Abe Coffin and our, one of our best goal scorers with Quinn Snyder not being there, but still we, we had, you know, Will Brandt was back. PK was there, you know, Josh Klein was, I mean, he was, he was questionable. He was not with, he was most likely not going to play. Um, but he woke up yesterday morning and was like, I'm going to play some Frisbee, I guess. So, yeah. and yeah. I mean, he did He did fantastic. I think I'm not positive if he led on assists because I, I do think that Berglund and Bergmeier, oh, I can pull the stats real quick. Okay. Berglund had five and Bergmeier had four. I don't know how many Klain had yesterday, but Red. I mean, the, the icebergs had nine of our 24 assists, which is kind of crazy. Yep.
1: yep. It's it's one of those things where now this, this is twice now where we have faced a team on back-to-back weekends. I'm thinking Chicago a few weeks ago, and now Madison on back-to-back weekends, where Sam Berglund and Brett Bergmeier consistently do good in both games, which means that... The teams that we face, specifically Madison and Chicago, have not been able to adapt to those two players. And by that, I mean the Icebergs have been able to adapt to the teams adapting to them. And I think that's what Minnesota has been really good at this year. I think that's what we need to give them credit for, is their adaptation. Because, man, they have been dealing with a lot of roster inconsistencies. I said it over text. I'm going to say it on the pod so everyone can know this. If we get to championship game, Ben Felton is coach of the year. I do not care. I don't even care if we lose championship game. Even if we get blown out like 22 to seven, I don't care. If we get to championship game with this inconsistent of a roster, this young, fresh of a team, Feldman's coach of the year. Come on. Like, yeah, he's he's got us to a six and one record. And every single podcast we recorded, we're like, ooh, Look at that! We're missing like eight players this season. This week it's going to be a rough one. And then every time we walk away with the W, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. The windchill are good. Like, it's yeah, you know.
0: yeah. And oh, yeah, the Minnesota windchill are fantastic this year. Sorry, go ahead, continue. I don't think that
1: we played our best ultimate day yesterday. Ultimate yesterday either. I don't think that was peak win show. I think there was a lot of defensive mistakes, weirdly enough. I think we got like, oh my gosh, Gutowski, Gumby on the Radicals, the new guy, the new kid. Dude's electric. He's crazy. I like him. He skyed Jimmy Kittleson. And I saw that and I was like, I, I rewatched it a couple times. I'm like, he didn't sky Jimmy Kittleson. Jimmy Kittleson just didn't sky him is what happened. Like, I, I think the first two quarters, we got into this groove. And then the third and fourth quarter, it's like, it's like this groove of not playing consistent defense. Because if you go back and you watch that, like Kittleson got messed up a couple of times. DeClerc, other than DeClerc scoring what, however many goals in the first half, a lot of our points didn't really come from big defensive plays. And so that's not even our best Minnesota ultimate. We still walked away with a big win. Which tells you something.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, we we just have, I mean, we're looking at some of those lines that Minnesota was putting out there. It was like, these are some crazy combinations of lines. Just saying, right. like, who's, who's playing on what line? I mean, Huge shout out to uh, Tristan Vandy Mortel. Uh, fantastic. He's, I don't even understand how good he is. He's just, I mean, that dude's, he's slowly becoming my favorite player. He's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, Will Brandt led the team in completions yesterday. Um, That's we that had boy, we Will Brandt, right there. We had some really impressive players do some really impressive stuff yesterday for a really impressive really solid recovery. other than other than a little bit of a hiccup in the third quarter. But again, right. it was just a little bit of a hiccup. There were just a couple of breaks. Uh Marco Dregney had a, a, a pretty bad throwaway that led to a Callahan, but I mean he just didn't see the guy. That's that was he just he just missed him. Like it happens.
1: Right. If you pick apart every single minor mistake that any team makes in a game, like yeah you're gonna find those all the time. But I think for the most part, this was a victory that was earned. I don't think Madison gave it to us, if that makes sense. Like, I, like, like Same thing with like New York strike. I don't think that we gave New York that victory, and I don't think Madison gave us this one either. I think they pushed us. And I think – so I don't know the stats off the top of my head because I'm not a nerd like you. I don't have the numbers up on my screen right now. I have literally just the Zoom meeting. Because I don't care about numbers. I care about what happened. And what happened to me was we found ourselves in that game. Um, specifically the offensive line. It didn't look sloppy. It, it didn't look sloppy to me. And maybe you can come at me with some like, O-line conversion rate was lower than last week. And hey, if that's true, shut up. We won. We
0: won last week. Defense we wins games.
1: won last week. So, I yeah. I think, I think Minnesota has now in my opinion, found, found their groove. I think the Windchill are ready to continue to go. We've had enough of a test up until this point, and we're ready to compete is what it feels like. We had, you know, seven games now to figure out what works, what doesn't work, and now we can start using what works. And I think, especially when you go to Colorado, that's going to be a really big test for, okay, is this going to work consistently? Like, can we get away with what what's working right now. And I think it's going to. I think we've been playing some shifty offense that a lot of teams aren't really expecting. I wouldn't say it's anything pretty, but it gets the job done, you know? Never have I watched like a, a windshield possessive run and been like, oh heck yeah, we're the best freaking team in the league. But I've been like, dang right, we scored. That's how it's done. You know? Yeah. It's maybe not a textbook, but it works.
0: Yeah. Uh, two
1: God,
0: things. One, Minnesota's O-line conversion was lower than last week. I did just at 2%, 48% um, but they got to win so in both games to me. So uh, uh, which just
1: shows, hey, how much did we win by in this game, Jay?
0: Okay, but also Madison's O-line conversion percentage was mm. the same, so technically speaking. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry, defense won that game is what you're saying.
0: No, what I'm saying is that our defense gave us a bigger lead, but that lead was unnecessary.
1: Right, so the defense uh, gave us the lead.
0: A a win win by one is the same as a win by five in the win column, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, the second thing, the second point. No, it's not. Because if
1: if it comes down to a point differential, now screw you, if it comes down to a point differential between us and Indy, and we edge out Indy by one point, defense wins. And you can't deny that.
0: Fair. I will. I will concede that point if it if it comes to that. Um, but it won't. It comes to it. Indie, please lose your next game. <laughs> Minnesota will definitely be the head of the division at the end of the season. Um, but actually, this, this brings me to a couple of really interesting points. Uh, firstly, is the game against Colorado next week? Minnesota is going into that coming off of huge momentum. I mean, like huge momentum, and they are going ready to win that game. And Colorado's kind of coming into it dead in, their, dead in their tracks. I mean... Right, they suffered three losses in a row. Yeah, and one of them, to like, Oakland, who is, like, a team they were not, who they already beat, you know? Like, not yeah. by a significant yeah. margin, but, like, by a, a healthy right. margin.
1: And, and that's not to, like, discredit Oakland, obviously, but it's still, like, that when, when you're number two in the power rankings, loses three games in a row, and one of them is to Oakland, which is what, like, Six or seventh in the power rankings. So still up there. But, you know, it wasn't like losing to the Shred. It was losing to a team that you had beaten a couple times now. Or had beaten already. So it's, Yeah, they have
0: beaten them once. Yeah. And I mean, right, they lost to the Shred. Yeah, they lost to the Shred twice. And they've lost to the um to Oakland now. And if they, and that's three in a row. If they lose to Minnesota next week, that's four and a low. They dropped to five and four. All it takes is, you know, Los Angeles and Oakland both getting a win. And suddenly they're in fourth place in their division. So it's kind of it's putting Oakland like with their backs best. against the Sorry, not Oakland, um, Colorado with kind of like their backs against the Like they, they're in a sort of must-win situation to stay competitive in their division. And like you know what i to see? yeah. Go ahead, Zach. I was saying from Minnesota's perspective, you know, the Alley Cats already had their interdivisional game. They already played Atlanta. That was their first game in the season and they, and they lost, you know, so that's one of the Alley Cats' two losses thus far and, like, Minnesota beat them, so that's that's a big one but it's not like the Alley Cats have a huge super tough interdivisional opponent like we're going up against next week anymore mm-hmm. so if Minnesota can win this game Minnesota kind of needs to win this game as well is what I'm saying because the Alley Cats win next week and Minnesota loses, all of a sudden, you're right they are tied in the standings for the Central so both Minnesota and Colorado are in this sort of like, even though Minnesota is you know, six and one, fantastic record. They're only one game ahead of Indy. So if they win this, they can keep that keep that nice one game buffer between them and Indy. So they're both in sort of right. these must win situations. So I think it's gonna be a really interesting, super fun game to watch. That's true. Is it game of the week? It is. We, Minnesota did get back to back games of the week. Well, okay. we got flexed that's to this last true. week being the game of the week, but and we'll take it.
1: Good, put us on the national stage. Watch what we can do. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm talking I'm about the Colorado game. I am worried about Indy. I really am. They're a good team. They they are good. They are I'm a good interested team. To see how they do against us though outside because they are really good at home
0: where there's okay? no wind.
1: If yes, I'll be the first to say it. Okay, I'm not trying to discredit Indy, but there's a reason the lowest conversion rate happens at the indoor stadium like yes obviously both teams are playing with that but when indy gets to host their home games there like yeah of course you know they, they have more reps at that field than anyone else does in the same way that you have a home field advantage i think their home field advantage is like slightly higher than the average home field advantage
0: i i totally catch you at minnesota but i want to say you don't want to discredit indy and i kind of do. Um, not, this is not like me trying to like bash on Indy, not trying to like, you know, uh, do it. Do take it. shots on anybody. Um, I believe it was, it was Keegan North who early in the season was talking about how they needed to play more consistently and Indy might've been a little bit shorthanded in their game yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday after the, um, well, Sunday, the 18th, uh, they've been a little bit shorthanded in their game against Detroit, but I mean, like it was Detroit. Like they they won by one point. It was a tight game. Detroit came in hungry. They were looking for that W and they almost got it. And against Indy, the number two in our division almost lost to a team that has not won since what 2017. Like a 67 losses in a row. Like not even like a kind of bad team, like an objectively like the worst team in the league, most likely. Most likely. And they almost beat it. And I think that's Dallas. because I think that's because. Indy plays extremely inconsistently. I think Indy has, I mean, like, uh, like our third quarter yesterday, Minnesota's third quarter, was just like, wow, that was really weird for Minnesota. And then they came back from it. You know, that's, that's weird. It happens maybe once a game for Minnesota, once a quarter. You know, for Indy, it's like, yeah, this could happen at any point. Oh, we want to throw away this. Oh, we want to give them the easiest break they've ever had. You know, it's just those things are like Indy. I, I, I kind of want to say this. I don't think any deserved that win yesterday. I think they got lucky with the Detroit mechanics kind of having a winning position almost and just being like, wow, what do we do with this? And then blundered it. And even then, they almost came back from being down by two points in the fourth quarter. Like they did. Which I I would have celebrated for Detroit harder than I would have cheered against Indy if Detroit won that game. Um Yeah. That being said... You know how great this... it would have
1: been for us if the sixth seed beat the two seed? Do you know how wonderful that would have been for us? Yeah. Because it, it's not like it's not like Detroit's a threat at this point in the season. So if we could just knock Indy down a peg just for free, <laughs> it's not like we're trading Indy for Chicago. It'd just be like, all right, sit down. And the thing is, now that Indy's had that close loss, I'm terrified, though. See, that this is why I don't want to discredit Indy. I'm terrified they're going to have that close loss and just be like... All right, let's get our shit together. And then they do. That's what I'm worried about.
0: Yeah. No, I, I totally get that as well. Um oh. wanna place bets on how how far Adam Ruffner moves up the mechanics. Yeah, I think I think he's gonna put above. them above Dallas. Uh, you think above okay. Dallas? I, I think above Dallas. I think he might even put them above Montreal. They, I mean like if if he watched that game start to end, I think he puts them at twenty two. They they played really nah. well. They, I mean, Detroit I played really landed. well. Um, anyway. It was one good game. Don't get ahead of yourself. It was a good game.
1: Calm True. down. Calm down. Oh, look, I am I am the biggest Detroit Mechanics fan. Scratch that. I am the only Detroit Mechanics fan. And <laughs> I'm kidding. Actually, no, we make a lot of jokes about Detroit. I actually really like Detroit. I they have a lot of good like energy and players on their team. Yeah, Detroit. If you're listening. We'd love to get you on the podcast sometime.
0: Joe Cubit. Can we get Cubit on the podcast, please? Well, we can yeah. try. Um, although we are a Minnesota-centric podcast. So I do want to sort of get back That's to right. to this. Um, the standings, True. Central Division standings. Yes. We are a little bit beyond the halfway point of the season. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about the standings right now?
1: I think where the standings are right now, exactly as they are in the center division, is exactly how we're going to end up on the season. I think that's – because it's Minnesota, Indy. Is it – no, because now that it's Madison chi- lost, they're fifth by itself, right? They're Madison's in fifth by themselves now, right? Mm-hmm. And then Chicago-Pittsburgh, or is it Pittsburgh-Chicago it's Chicago. It's
0: Chicago-Pittsburgh.
1: Okay, I think it's gonna be Chicago, then Pittsburgh, Madison, Detroit. I think that's what's gonna be. I think Detroit's gonna not win a game this season. I'm sorry. I wish, I want them to. But yeah, I think the um, first through third is gonna stay the same at least.
0: Yeah. Uh Pittsburgh and Chicago. Technically, Chicago's a half a game ahead of Pittsburgh because Chicago's three and three and Pittsburgh's three and four. So like they could be tied for third. Um mm-hmm. I mean, looking at the standings, yeah, with Madison at one and five, and Detroit at, I mean, at being Detroit, basically, as long as Minnesota wins two or three more games this season, you no, know, they can go eight and four and be second seed. Like Minnesota could, yeah, Minnesota could basically lose the vast majority of their games this season. That's the games their season, which they will. They're still going to be fantastic. You no, know, they're going to win the next. They're going to win all five of their next five games. Go eleven and one. Um. And I think I think they will. I think Minnesota could go eight and four, and still be the number one seed or the number two seed in the division. Yeah, I, I think I, Minnesota I, has a very comfortable spot already in the playoffs.
1: I think it was. I think I said when we when we did our, like our season breakdown, like what we're going to predict the records to be. I think I said either ten and two or nine and three. I think this is a ten and two team. I think we have one more loss in us. I don't know if it's going to be Colorado. I don't know if it is. That could go either way. But I think we are going to lose once more and then win the rest. I hope it's not Colorado, but it would make sense if it was. I think that would be the game to lose. If we're going to lose one more game, I think we have to lose against Colorado, if anything.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. Um,
1: The win against Madison.
0: Sorry. Yeah, I I think if we do lose one more game, it could be against Colorado. Or in Madison in two weeks. Um, I do think that game against Madison, that win yesterday, basically it gives us the go-ahead to lose against them. Now that they're one and five, bringing them up to two and right. six doesn't really do a ton for them. You know? Like, so I even agree. if we lose to Madison, it doesn't really hurt our record anymore.
1: Right. I think just for the moral victory, I think losing to Colorado will be less of a hit than losing to Madison. I think that's why I'm okay with losing Colorado, basically. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. I'm pumped. The rest of the season is gonna be really good. We got some good articles coming out. You guys have heard us talk about the icebergs. You may be wondering who the heck are those guys? Well, I'll tell you in a few days when I publish my article. So stay tuned for that. I'm kind of trying to wrap it up here in case you no, can't yeah. tell. No, yeah, um, I got I got it. Yeah, okay, okay, cool. Well, um yeah, we got plenty of stuff coming up. Like I said, Minnesota strike season is unfortunately over but we are not done covering them. We will be getting more interviews. We're going to try and get some of the coaches on the pod for some postseason kind of recap stuff with them. Uh, So, yeah, look forward to more interviews, articles, podcasts about them. Same with the wind Season's just over halfway done, and we are just getting started with the coverage. Super excited to have you guys along for the ride. Uh, Like I said, got some articles coming out on them soon here. This podcast, obviously, you can tune in for the next few weeks here. We got some big games coming up again. That Colorado game is going to be huge. Stay tuned for that. Uh I don't know if Jeff did the R1P1 Network thing. Did he record uh, that? And we're going to insert it here.
0: Uh, I can I can do it. Um, as always, this this uh, podcast is presented by the R1P1 Network. Uh, check out R1P1 on Instagram uh, and all the socials. They are doing some great stuff in the sports um, social media s- field. They do all of our graphics um, for our. Pods and everything—they help us produce a lot of our podcasts, a lot of our things on our socials. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Because we're at talk, um, and as always, stay chilly. Stay chilly.